Are you a caregiver? Or do you have a loved one who is aging and you or they might have questions that need to be answered? We have some answers that might help. This is Aging Life Network with Nancy Oriola. Today, you'll hear from experts and others related to the field of aging who will bring you answers, best practices, and tips for helping your loved one navigate this new part of life. Now, here is your host, Nancy Oriola. Hi, welcome to Aging Life, the show about all things aging. You may have enjoyed a holiday visit with an older loved one and other family members um, last week after a long separation due to pandemic, due to the pandemic, or you may have plans to do so soon. When you have not seen an older loved one for many months, you may notice some changes or decline. Today, we're going to talk about red flags to look for during holiday visits. It may not be, these these red flags may not be easily identified, Um, changes may be very subtle, but things may seem different now that you're visiting in person. Loved ones who may be experiencing an aging-related decline do not always share their need for assistance. There's a lot of reasons for that. One can cover up problems on the phone that may be more apparent in person. It is not until a visit that we begin to notice signs that changes are occurring that may put your loved one at risk, either physically or financially. Knowing what signs to look for and understanding the impact such changes can have on your family members' well-being are critical to ensuring that they remain safe in the future. Experienced Life Care Manager Tina Buchanan is joining me today, and she and I will talk about the signs to watch for during the holiday visit that indicate your loved one may be at risk. Tina will offer some specific red flags to look for, and we will address various ways you might approach the problem you see developing. Thank you, Tina, for joining me today. Let me give you a little background about Tina before we get started. She is CEO of the San Diego-based life care management company, Visionary Care Consultants. Tina holds a master's degree in social work and has worked in the world of seniors and aging for more than 15 years. I am so pleased to have Tina join me as I shift from my live radio show to my new podcast, Aging Life. Thank you for joining me on my uh, first podcast in this new adventure that I have. Thank you for having me as your very first guest and for that wonderful introduction. Um, I'm really honored to be here with the lovely Nancy today because you are um, such a mentor to me. So thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. that's, That's very nice for you to say. Well, here's the here's the thing. This is an important topic, and we have a lot to cover today. So I'm just gonna move us right along past past the introductions and just get to it. So, Tina, let's first talk about what happens when families get together over the holidays, especially this year. Um, we've not seen a lot of our family members in quite some time and and why should our listeners be concerned if they see changes or indications of changes going on i think that's a really it's always a really great question but it's super powerful right now because we did have this pandemic which has changed a lot of things for families and older adults in general not only physically, um, but we haven't seen them, like you said. So um, we're used to going, many of us are used to seeing them, you know, on holidays, especially, or some of us see them more often than not. Um, And now we haven't seen those people in a year and a half, some people two years. So I think the question is always important, but it's very important right now, because there's going to be changes that one might notice um, that could be very slight, right? 
or it could be a complete change that they haven't seen in two years that they are just kind of hit in the head struck by, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So um, I think it's a really important topic because these things can be very minor, like I said, or they could be dramatic and crisis oriented. And so I'm hoping today we'll give you some tips to look for and some of those red flags to help you listeners out there navigate this next part of the journey for your family members or even neighbors, you know? Um, So that's why it's specifically really important right now that we hear this information. Well, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, the, the frog in the, in the boiling pot, you know, um, when you're around somebody all the time, you don't always see those more subtle changes. And it seems to me that, um, and I know you're going to talk about this, like, you know, having a little trouble walking may seem like, quote, not that big of a deal, but um, it can become very quickly a very big deal. And so, so it's, it is important. And obviously people that are listening understand that these sorts of things can, can really be a precursor to, to things down the road. And so, so, well, let's just jump right in and, um, uh, I'd like to ask you specifically what some of the signs are that a loved one is becoming more at risk. I think um, one of the first things I want to point out is physical changes in a loved one. So maybe you notice that they, they are <clears throat> more frail um, or they need to use an assistive device. They are using a walker or a wheelchair that they never used before or maybe they seem wobbly. Um, That may be an indication that there's other things going on and that can also lead to falls. So really observing what's going on with your loved one from the way that they walk. Um, What is their their weight like? Have they lost or gained a lot of weight? Um, It could go either way. I've seen throughout this year and a half with clients and my own family that for one person, um, the weight loss can be 20 pounds and for one person it can be five. So it's really that varying degree. Um, But also have they put on a lot of weight, right? Maybe they were um, eating a lot as one of their coping skills or, um, not taking their medication. So there's a lot of physical things we can look for. Um, How are they, is there a change in their speech and their language? So it goes with cognition, but it's really listening, right, to them speak. Do you notice any changes in the way that they're speaking or the things that they're talking about? Because when they speak to you, you may know that mom always tells the same story about her dog. And if she's not telling you that story anymore, right, there could be a reason. Um, So maybe start probing for those questions, which we'll get into later when we talk about what to do about these things. Um, But definitely the first one is look at those physical changes and see if there's anything different that you need to be aware of. So, um, and changes in mobility can be caused by, Lots of different things. Uh-huh. I mean, pain or. Could be pain. It could be, you know, one of the biggest things I see throughout working with the older adults is pain, but it's also immobility, right? So if you have someone who has not been mobile at all and they're just sitting in bed all day because they didn't have any visitors, Um, that lack of mobility and walking and getting out of the house, all those things that they maybe used to do before the pandemic, they're not even doing anymore. You know, some people are just sitting in their chair all day. So lack of mobility um, can lead to mobility issues. Right. You're right. In fact, I'm always surprised when someone's in the hospital for three or four days and they need rehab just because they've become so deconditioned 
yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. It's the, the old phrase, use it or lose it. It's yep. very real as we get older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And falls we know are, um, they are a huge problem. I mean, ERC, I don't know, tens of thousands of people every year um, mm-hmm. with fall related injuries. Um, and so, yep. That could be a real problem. And so physical changes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think the next thing to look for would be, you know, changes in the environment, Um, their physical environment, right? So not their person, but their surroundings. So um, what's the cleanliness of the home, right? Is there, um, maybe you notice there's stacks of mail that didn't used to be there. And you noticed it seems a lot of it's unopened, right? Um, our, our older adults get overwhelmed by the amount of mail that comes and sometimes it just sits there. Um, so looking to see if there's any stacks of mail, um, any shutoff notices sometimes will go into someone's home or even, you know, I've done this in my parents' home and I'm like, why haven't you paid the power bill? right? Just asking the question, but um, sometimes they might, they may not even think that. So looking and making sure, um, and along with that is, you know, checking their fridge. Do they have food in the fridge? Does it seem like they're getting enough nutrients throughout the day? Um, are there safe pathways so that they do not fall? Um, what is the smell of the home? This is a big one, right? So do you notice a stench, maybe, maybe it's just that the trash needs to be taken out, right? Um, but sometimes we may smell and see things that they don't, or they've forgotten about. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, a classic is uh, the odor, you, you know, of urine, mm-hmm. just because the, the, uh, the adult is not um, acknowledging that they need to wear briefs or something during the night and, and they have problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't even, um, you know, they don't smell it or they are not, it's really not a priority for them. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Because they don't really want to let anybody know that they're having a problem with that. So um, one of the other stories that come to mind is, um, You know, we saw a lady recently who her sister called us. um, This was right before Thanksgiving and said, you know, I haven't seen my sister, but I really want to come out there and see her next week. Um, But I fear that she's declining. And, um, you know, some of the indicators were when she was talking to her on the phone, she could she could hear um, some changes in her memory and cognition. Um, But she also knew that her sister had a dog and um, she was very concerned about not only her sister, but the dog, you know, who is taking care of my sister if she can't take care of herself and who is taking care of this pet? Because as you know, if you don't walk your pets or take Mm -hmm. out the litter box or things like that. So um, we went in there to meet with this lady and It was just that she was laying in her bed. She was not able to change her own briefs. Um, She had food delivered to her, but she was Mm -hmm. eating it out of her bed. And um, the dog had, there was feces from the dog all over the home. And so we do see that that, that's the worst case scenario, but we do see those things happen. Well, Yeah, and it's not necessarily, I mean, some of these things we can say, oh, there's indicators of early dementia developing, but sometimes in a case like what you're explaining there, there may be just functional issues. Again, the use it or lose it, you know, the person is becoming more and more deconditioned and they don't have the energy to simply get up and take care of the dog or take care of the home and, and they're not reaching out to other people. And so, yeah, good for that sister for, um, for her concern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the stacks of mail, I mean, you know, particularly with loved ones who were 
um, you know, the sticklers for paying for things, you know, or keeping their house clean or, you know, being tidy and meticulous. And suddenly, you know, and those can be more obvious things. But, and if there's stacks of mail, you might want to peruse the mail and see if there are shutoff notices or confirmation that they've entered sweepstakes or something. Yeah. I was Mm -hmm. just going to add to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Making sure they're not buying, you know, things off QVC um, Mm -hmm. instead of purchasing food. I mean, those are little things, right. That um, can turn into big things because they can be taken advantage of if someone is not watching that. So looking for those little signs of, now, why is there this $900 QVC bill and the TV is not paid? Right. Or mom, who's been, you know, who fixed the back door for you? Oh, mm-hmm. who is that handyman? Or, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think one of the last things um, that someone should be looking for when they're going to visit a loved one or talking to a loved one is subtle changes in their cognition, So in their memory, um, you know, do they, like I mentioned before, do they have a dog that they used to talk about all the time and now all of a sudden they don't bring up the dog? Um, We have some older adults who they start having these repetitive stories in their mind that, oh my gosh, you know, Joe called me on the phone 15 times yesterday and he's after me. Um, these stories of being paranoid that someone's out to get them um, repetitively and, and talking about it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. These changes, um, they can also present themselves as isolation or depression, right? So someone that's been in the pandemic, who's been isolated from their homes or I'm sorry, from their, families and their neighbors and their friends for a year and a half, they might have some depression or be, um, they could have some depression. They could be overcompensating or undercompensating somehow. Um, So one of the examples I'll give you is maybe you have a, a mom who used to call you every single Saturday at 11 o'clock on the dot, right? And that mom now all of a sudden won't answer your calls at all. You haven't talked to her in months. She's not reaching out, right? She's, that's a sign of isolation. That's a sign mm-hmm. of that there could be a change in cognition, cognition or even her mood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's the opposite. So you have a family member who's all of a sudden calling you out of the blue for everything, right? You haven't talked to them in four months and that's your norm, right? But now all of a sudden they're calling you 15 times a day. Um, They may be depressed and they may need that outreach. They have no one else to call. Or they may be asking for help without asking for help just by calling and wanting to speak with you 14 times a day. Or there could be something that they're worried about um, that they're not able to say. So, But just being able to like read between the lines there is this normal for my mother or grandmother or neighbor um, because sometimes it's just those little subtle things. Um, And then another one as far as changes in cognition is we know some older adults who they're the last thing they're going to do is give up their driver's license. Right. Um, And, and you think they have it all together and you know they're still driving, um, but you notice there's dents in the car, or you notice there is, um, she can't find her car keys every time you come around. So those little things are indicators also that there is a problem. Um, I think driving is driving is a big one that um, many people hold on to for a very long time. Um, my my favorite driving story is the old couple because couples are difficult, mm-hmm. right? Because two pe- they make one whole. And um, the old guy says, oh, don't worry. We're fine driving. I can see and she can hear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
(laughs) Exactly. But which one's got the wheel? (laughs) Right. Or they think like, oh, well, my caregiver's with me. It's fine. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. your caregiver may not be comfortable with you in the car. And there's Mm -hmm. a reason Mm -hmm. why. So um, I just think looking for those, you know, three major things, the physical changes, the changes in their environment, and then also those little indicators for a change in their mood and cognition, especially after a year and a half of not being around many people. Yes. Well, isolation um, has been huge during the pandemic and, um, and mood changes, particularly depression, can feed some of those other things, can feed the weight loss and can feed the, you know, the stacks of mail and the cleanliness, just lack of initiative. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of families don't realize that, you know, older adults can be treated for depression. Medicare does pay therapists to, you know, they Mm -hmm. can do free therapy. Some of them will even come into the home or these days certainly will do um, video visits. Yeah. And sometimes it's just even a a boost um, in there. Maybe they need help getting over that hump because they've lost their appetite because of their depression. Right. So their fridge is empty. They've lost weight um, because they're unmotivated. So how can we get them motivated again? Right. And yes. And part of that is the, to do a full medical screen. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think those are the three critical areas. Um, If you notice them, you should be concerned and and then what? And then what? So that is the question, right? Mm-hmm. It is. So so maybe we should shift a little and talk about um because there well, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the risks that are posed if you don't see that these red flags are addressed. But mm-hmm. I think we've touched on it some, I think also it's important, um, you know, we will talk about just approaching, how do you approach some of these things? It's, it can be pretty overwhelming, particularly if you really haven't seen someone for two years. And I cannot understate enough. Is that a word understate enough, overstate enough? Anyway, I cannot say enough that um, how many and how often seniors on the phone will simply say, I'm fine Uh and not ask for help. And I think, you, you know, younger seniors, I think, you know, have a lot more information and understanding that the world is not black and white. You don't either live in your home or in a nursing home, but, but, but the older of the old, Mm -hmm. they, that's all they know because when they had to move their mom, yeah. When they had to move their mom into a nursing facility or out of their home, that was the only option. And so a lot of them are really, scared that, you know, they're going to be forced out of their home if they say that they need help. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point that kind of um, leads me to think about what are some of the risks. So are you ready to talk about those risks? You know, I I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break first. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the risks. We're going to talk about approaching the concerns and, um, and a lot more with Tina Buchanan. Before I go, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors. Um, I Truling Financial has been a sponsor of mine since um, when I was doing my radio show, and they have moved with me over to the podcast. Also, Aging Life Network, my um, national online platform for do-it-yourself Uh, families uh, is also a sponsor. And so we'll be right back. Are you overwhelmed and struggling with the next step? 
Is your family in crisis? Do you need advice or help making a difficult decision for an aging loved one? Aging Life Network was developed to connect you with senior care experts and life care professionals who will discuss your unique situation, offer practical step-by-step guidance, tell you the questions to ask, and help you understand the maze of options. Their network of life care professionals, available to you through HIPAA-compliant video conferencing and calls, will work with you to create action plans to solve your current and real-time problems. Aging Life Network's online educational center, ALN Academy, offers 24-7 access to the most up-to-date and accurate information for seniors and their families. Through podcast interviews with senior care experts, articles, and live webinars, Aging Life Network shares with you those things you need to know to care for your aging loved one. Check out aginglifenetwork.com today and find the answers you need. TrueLink Financial Incorporated is a financial services firm dedicated to serving older adults and people with disabilities. Their trust administration software, record-keeping platform, and the TrueLink Visa prepaid card were designed specifically for special needs trusts and other fiduciary vehicles to support trustees and their trust's beneficiaries. When combined with investment services provided by TrueLink Financial Advisors, LLC, their financial tools can help trustees save time and provide even more assistance to those they serve. Learn more at TrueLinkFinancial.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Aging Life Network. If you have a question or comment for Nancy about the show, please send an email to nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. That's nancy at aginglifenetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Nancy Oriola, host of Aging Life, and I'm here today with Tina Buchanan, and we are talking about red flags to look for during your holiday visits with your aging loved ones. And so we talked about the red flags, some specifics, changes in um, changes, physical changes, cognitive changes, and changes in their living environment. And Tina is now going to share with us um, her thoughts on what some of the risks are that are posed to your loved one if these red flags don't get addressed. Thanks, Tina. Thank you, Nancy. So I want to start... Um, I want to start with the physical changes like we discussed. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I think is a risk when we're looking at these changes, um, especially the physical changes, is what is the underlying factor, right? So you may view that this is going on, but the risk is really the cause of what's causing this. Um, Even in mobility, like we talked about, um, that's something that can be addressed. So it doesn't have to be this huge, oh my gosh, we have to do all this blood work and this, not the other, but maybe it's just that that person needs to engage in services with their Medicare policy and get some strength. Um, But I think um, what you said right before the break is The risk is that a lot of these people, a lot of older adults and families, right, they they want their loved ones to make decisions for as long as possible and be independent Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they are scared that they're maybe mom or dad are going to say no and they don't want to get in a fight with them about it. Right. They don't want to start making decisions for them. Um, And so I always preface the risk by the family members looking at it from the other point of view, what will happen if this continues? So often when we're dealing with loved ones and we're dealing with family members and they come to us and say, you know, we notice all of these physical changes. My question to them is, 
you already know this is occurring, right? You know what one of the outcomes could be, which could be hospitalization, skilled nursing, maybe a surgery. Um, maybe it does mean a higher level of care. Um, but what if we address it now before that hospitalization occurs and, and really just figure out what's going on? Because the the scary part is really that end result being taken out of their home, right? I think, I think that's the thing about um, when you talk to professionals, we, because we've met so many clients that have, let's say, a balance problem, we know what the trajectory, what the worst case trajectory mm-hmm. looks like. And it becomes our job to advise people. But a lot of families aren't, don't find professionals like us out mm-hmm. in the community. They're talking to, you know, they're talking to people in the hospital who may or may not have the time to really educate them. But, but yes, and I think a lot of families, well, sometimes they think Medicare pays for everything, and other times they don't understand that Medicare will pay for some things. For right. example, mm-hmm. right, you can have home health go in and do physical therapy in the home with, exactly. yeah, 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 to mitigate that risk. But, but the risk of a fall is huge, huge. Um, a fractured hip often not always, but often the person finds themselves in a very steep decline and, mm-hmm. and life ending. It becomes a life ending event. It very well can be. And so mm-hmm. really looking at what can we do to keep these things from occurring and mitigate risk. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things, you know, they are at risk for, malnutrition if they're not eating right, or maybe they have diabetes. And um, if their diabetes isn't under control because they're overeating or, or they don't have the proper food in the home because their fridge is empty and they're eating out every night, um, that can lead to a further issue, right? Which is mm-hmm. going to be more doctor's appointments, um, possibly a hospitalization. Um, so those are some of the, the physical things that I look at as far as what are the triggers. Um, I think on the cognition and the changes in the home, sometimes the changes in the home are due to cognition. And sometimes it is that they are debilitated, like you were stating before the break, and they've lost their mobility um, to clean the house or to cook the meals. Well, or memory loss keeps them from managing their medications correctly. And so now they're not taking their blood pressure medication and now they have a stroke and they can't, their left side is completely paralyzed. I mean, these are horrible what ifs, but it's happen, but they happen all the time. And so, you know, being a little nosy about medications is something you you spoke with me uh, before the show. We yes. were talking about this, and you mentioned uh, how important it is that you get a sense of you know is is this person taking their medications correctly? Right. Um, it used to be that that would be that it used to be that was the number one reason that people had to move to assisted living. Yeah. It's no longer the case because we have these automated med boxes that people can buy online and fill them. And, you know, we, we have solutions to these issues. Uh-huh. It's just um, first you have to identify them and then you have to talk about them. Mm, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. So especially the medication one, um, that seems to be a touchy one, right? If you walk in and you see 30 bottles and your dad told you he's only taking five medications and maybe the list says he's really taking eight, but again, he said five and there's 30 bottles. Um, Take a look at those bottles and do they have accurate dates? Are some of them outdated? Um, Are some of them something they shouldn't even be taking anymore that maybe the doctor discharged and they just forgot to get rid of? 
Um, so really asking those questions around the medications and taking a look. I mean, like you said, we got to be a little nosy in a nice way um, with our loved ones to make sure that we're looking into all these small things that could become larger things. Um, because some of these issues can be resolved rather easily. Once you identify them and have a conversation about them, you can find a solution. So I think that's really important. Mm. Well, let's talk about that conversation. Um, uh, it, it can be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but necessary. Um, most, uh, well, I should get the stubborn old codger dad. Those are, you know, kind mm. of a stereotype, but those guys still exist. But, but, you know, I, I mean, if you come from a place of real concern mm-hmm. um, and speak to what you notice, I think most critically is um, somehow trying to get your parent or loved one to um, share information, medical information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Who's the doctor? When have you seen the doctor? Maybe you mm-hmm. should see the doctor. Let's get a workup. Can I go with you? Yeah, right. Now mm-hmm. you're leading into other things where they're like, I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, but I think it starts with identifying, like you said, and asking those questions in a loving way, right? Out of concern mm-hmm. and making sure that they understand that you're here to support them. And you can help them find a solution. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're going to come in and take over. I think a lot of people are worried that once they say, yes, I need help, that means, no, I can't do it myself anymore. And it's really explaining that to them and having that conversation with them of, mm-hmm. you know, it can be baby steps, right? We're just starting here. And then if we notice something else, we go here and for most of the time, it works. Now, there's times where it doesn't, right? Um, but most of the time, if you come from that place of, let's just start very little, I'm going to come in and um, I like the example you used. I'm going to come in and we're going to put all your bills in a box every two weeks. And then I'm going to come over and help you look through your mail and help you pay bills if you want me to, but if not, I'll be there to help you decide what needs to be paid. So you're including them in what the solution is going to be. Not I'm doing this for you and we're doing this. It's let's do this together. Right. I think I, right. A a lot of, um, a lot of families I've noticed um, or adult children in particular get afraid that they'll be perceived as being interfering or overly controlling, Mm -hmm. particularly if, um, you know, if you are not the child that's been named Mm -hmm. as a power of attorney for health or finances, uh, which is something, you know, that family members should find out about in this process. But um, yes, the story I was telling you earlier, um, was actually a personal story, but my brother, my mother had named us both as financial. And I said, you know, it's just easier to name one. And she was always so sweet and apologetic. Well, you know, he lives here because I lived far away. And I was like, that's fine. You know, you do what you need to do. But uh, when I noticed the problem, I called him and said, it's time for you to start helping. And I had to give him specific suggestions like the one you mentioned, put all the mail in a basket, you go over anyway, every Saturday for coffee, you know, just add that to what you do. She trusts you. I had to give him a little coaching, right? nudge him along because he was like, oh, I'm not sure it's time yet. Well, yes, it's time to start. And so the same sort of thing, I think, even with the environment or the physical, it might be home care, might be a care manager, a professional care manager to make sure that the doctor appointment happens and everything gets coordinated. If you're a, if your loved one lives 2000 miles away, 
you may have to hire a professional like Tina or my group or some other group. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think looking at the medical, the legal and the financial pieces, right? I think that's really important. And I also think that's why um, it's, it can be a barrier um, because sometimes people don't want to in- interfere because they're like, oh, I'm not the power of attorney, right? Well, like you just illustrated, it may be that there's um, four siblings, right? And one has right. power of attorney, but that person may live 2,000 miles away. And maybe it's the right. the daughter that does live with her that is noticing those things, Um and even though you're not the decision maker, you still have influence on when that power of attorney needs to be notified. It's your job as the child. Um, I don't want to say job. It's It should be a conversation piece, right? That, hey, right. Bob, you're, you're the money guy. And I noticed mom's bank account is overdrafting. I think we should have a conversation. And right. so sometimes families don't want to have the conversation um, specifically because they're not the one that's going to make the decision. And so that's another piece of the puzzle that can be very um, overwhelming for everyone involved. And, overwhelming and, is yeah. And that, and that, I mean, this occurs, it's a different experience, but you know, daughter lives down the street, goes every day, brings a meal, um, his notice changes, calls brother uh, or sister, and they say, oh, I talked to her on the phone, she seems fine. So, yes, we we see those types of disagreements and conflicts all the time, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, and it's then that becomes and actually sees mom in person that they really understand that there's some changes going on. You know, there's a lot of different um, recordings on my aginglifenetwork.com site. Um, You know, the whole cognitive piece, you know, if you're concerned, um, you know, there's lots of different types of dementia. They're not all memory-based Alzheimer's. It's really important to learn, you know, why is mom being paranoid? Um, It's, you know, that's a different kind of presentation, Mm -hmm. Uh, particularly if mom has Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that you may see some of those hallucinations or paranoia. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I think making sure those legal docs are in place, do not ignore that. Um, You don't want to have to go to court. It's very expensive, very invasive. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she may not want to use the walker, but get the walker anyway. Um, She may not want a home care person. Get the caregiver anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think there's, um, you know, as adult children, there are things that we can do to not only help our loved ones that are aging, but to also give us peace of mind. So if you know that, so I'll give you a personal example. I know my mom is horrible about taking her medication. Um, I know that's something that she struggles with. So I've offered in my area of expertise to, hey, let me help you find someone to manage a pillbox. Um, Hey, let's try this pill packaging. Um, Mm -hmm. And she still resists because she is independent and wants to do it herself. And at least I know as the daughter, right, that I gave her some options and had the conversation with her. Um, And I think that that releases me from feeling the guilt of, oh, I didn't do anything, right? Like, They can choose to receive that information. Um, But if you don't tell them, don't assume they're going to guess or know, right? Yeah. In the, um, 
in the professional decision-making world, there's there's a, a line that says competent people get to make bad choices. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there is, you know, if, if, and, and if you are not sure if they are competent, that's, that's another whole show. And yes. we have recordings on that, but um you know, you want to have them evaluated. And step one in any evaluation is a medical workup. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you suddenly, if mom is suddenly on the phone and she's presenting as confused, I mean, just we could talk about, you know, urinary tract infections and dehydration, the two things that will yep. make a person present like they have dementia when it's a medical problem. Right. So, so it's really... Um, that first step is really, and it might be the hardest step. Like you said, Nancy, it's like the hardest step might just be getting that doctor's information so that you can help your mom make an appointment. And that's the only step you're going to make today. And that's okay. Right. Because that's where you need to start in this moment or calling the bank with your mom, um, just to make sure that, you know, it hasn't gone negative. Well, and banks will allow for a second person to get a copy of the statement. You don't have to be on as a, you know, if you have four siblings, you do not want to be joint tenants on mom's accounts. Um, That'll just create a fight later. But you can get copies of statements so that you can, or go online and, you know, do something online. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really starting with what what they have and what you can help them get access to in order to make the first step, which is maybe the the call to the doctor or, you know, going through the bank statements. So starting a to-do list, I did want to say, it just came to mind, there's a great website, uh, a group back east called The Conversation Project. And they have a lot of information on how to start these conversations. So I would recommend the conversation project. Yeah. And I would also, um, you know, reach out to your local nonprofit agencies and see if there's any, any information online. You can find so much information about local resources in the area um, that cover topics like this um, and, and support groups that you can go to. So I, I think in the world we live in there, there are ways that we're able to learn to have these conversations and then to take the first step. Yes. So, um, so Tina, what would you like to leave us with today? What, what are the three things people really should, should think about as they visit during the holidays? What should they be looking for? What should they be keeping in mind? Mm, I think, you know, we talked about some of the of the things to look for, um, but I'm going to take it a step further because um, these are things that you you need you should be looking for and you should be listening for. Um, but sometimes there's some even bigger red flags, and I want to leave you with those because those are an indicator in themselves that there, there are these other issues that you're going to see in the home. So one of them is you know that your loved one is bouncing in and out of the hospital, right? Even before you visited them, you know they're bouncing in and out because you're getting a call every time she goes to the hospital, right? You may not know the reason. You may not have been able to talk to the doctor or get answers from the social worker at the hospital that you wanted, but it's a red flag when your loved one is bouncing in and out of the hospital. It just is. I mean, it could be medical, right? Like we talked about, it could be these UTIs. It could be the falls. Um, It could be safety issues. Um, Maybe they just keep leaving the stove on, you know, there's many, many reasons. Um, So one thing is multiple hospitalizations. Um, The other thing I would say is, you really, as the caring family member that you are, you really know in your gut before you, when you're walking through the home and you see these things and you're putting two to two together, 
two and two together that something's not right. So it's not even a red red flag per se, but I think it's just like being aware of all of these things and seeing it and then list, you know, thinking about, oh my gosh, now it makes sense because I had five calls from my mom yesterday. And oh my gosh, the week before that, she was calling me about her medications. So like taking those little things and putting them all together. Um, and then the last one I would say is if you do, if you are able to really look at their finances or their bank account or even the mail, really just making sure there's not, if, if there's money missing from their bank account and or they can't exploitation. remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exploitation. That's mm-hmm. a big one. Yes. So these, so those are the three things I would really um, leave you all with because they, they can lead to bigger and bigger issues. Problems. Yes. That is great. Thank you so much for that. And um, I do want to thank you, Tina Buchanan, for being my first guest on uh, my new and improved podcast, uh, Aging Life. Uh, you'll also find many, many of my, um, my live radio shows on the Voice America platform, as well as the podcast platforms. So thank you, Tina. I appreciate all that you are doing to enhance the lives of those you work with and um, to work to help seniors maintain the best quality of life they can. You can find Tina and her team by going to her website, www.visionarycaresd.com, which is San Diego, visionarycare.com. Join me and my guests. As we discuss topics, all things aging on my podcast, Aging Life, you can find all episodes on my website, aginglifenetwork.com or on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, if you're experiencing a moment of crisis or struggling with a loved one's dementia, go to aginglifenetwork.com where we offer a free initial call with a care guide or schedule time with a care manager slash care coach who will offer you answers, step-by-step guidance, and support to assist you with your aging life journal journey. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time here at Aging Life. Thank you for tuning in this week to Aging Life Network. Please join host Nancy Oriola for another edition of the program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We can't wait to talk again.